Good morning and welcome to the service. It's nice to see the pictures of the new life behind us in the green. Spring is coming, believe it or not. Um, stand and sing with us this morning, Jesus, Hope of the Nations. Jesus, hope of the nations, Jesus, comfort for all who mourn. You are the source of heaven's hope on earth. Jesus, light in the darkness, Jesus, truth in each circumstance. You are the source of heaven's light on earth. In history, Jesus, we have sung that you are our hope, our comfort, our light, our truth. We know that all these things are true because you lived and you rose triumphant, conquering death and offering us life. Help us to put aside our disbelief, accept that truth, and victoriously live in the hope you offer us. Amen. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup 
overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's sing together. It's hymn 462. If you would like to look in your hymn books, the words will also be on the screen. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. There's a hymn sing at 6.30, so if you love singing hymns, this will be the place to be.
worship team goes to sit down, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, verses 28 to 35. Luke 24, verses 28 to 35. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. 
There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Our God, we come before you this morning, thankful for each and every one of the little ones in our congregation. Lord, we pray that now as they go to Children's Church, that they will be met with a fun lesson that will nevertheless stick with them all their days. We pray also for the teacher, give them the words to say. Pray these things in your name, amen. All right, children, down the hall, that way. So, as far as announcements go, Jeff has something to say. Good morning. You will notice, you may notice, you may not have thought about yet, that uh, we have a congregational meeting on Tuesday evening, Tuesday evening, 7.30, here at the church. Anyone who participates in our church, you are all welcome to come to the congregational meeting and, and be involved in the discussion there. We encourage you to come. Uh, it has the potential to be a very short meeting. Uh, there's, a, there's a short list of elections. There are no nominees for any of those positions uh, yet. So it's a reminder that's, that's on the blog. Our church does have a tradition of nominating from the floor uh, that at congregational meetings. You are, you are welcome if you are nominated from the floor at a congregational meeting to listen to the voice of the Spirit inside of you and either accept that nomination or decline it and just take it as a vote of confidence in somebody's um, opinion about your, your abilities in the church. Uh, so, so, so please, please don't feel reluctant to come to the meeting out of fear that you will be compelled to, to do something. Come and see how the kind of the decision-making life of the church works. Uh, if you are, if maybe, maybe Tammy or Mark or Laura or some, somebody from the nominating committee has already tapped your shoulder uh, and, you're, you're th- you've, and you've said no and you're thinking about it in the back of your head, and there's room for some wiggle, uh, you, can, you can reconsider. So children's church coordinator, the Christian education chair, which is also a member of our church board, uh, and also the Sunday school superintendent positions are open. They may stay open, and that's fine. The, the Lord works in our midst in a whole variety of ways, and sometimes that's by leaving gaps for a while, and uh, we'll roll with it as we do whenever the Lord leads us in, uh, in directions. Uh, The other thing that we'll be talking about at the congregational meeting is the potential for a kids club running out of our church starting in the fall of this coming year. It seems September and October seem a little ways away, um, but getting ducks in a row is a a wonderful thing to do. And so if you have questions about the possibility uh, for a kids club, you can talk to uh, Christine Murray. Uh, about their, she's kind of at the pointy end of that from our congregation. Uh, many of you also know uh, Annette Vancouvering. So it's Christine and Annette that are really spearheading that project. Uh, and they've talked to our board about the possibility of hosting that program here in our congregation. There are definitely some questions and things to think about uh, as far as that goes. And I encourage you to talk to each other about it. Talk to Christine and Annette uh, and be involved in the discussion at the meeting when it comes up. So we look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Please come, bring your, uh, bring your friends uh, and others. Who, and encourage people who are involved in our congregation to come. Be involved in the congregation, uh, congregational decision-making process on those and other things. All right, if you have your bulletins with you, 
that I'd ask you to take them out. There's a number of things on there to go over, as well as a couple that we're going to add on to. Uh, the first is, is, as you heard, there's going to be a hymn sing tonight at the church at 6.30. Uh, make sure to come with your favorite hymns. Uh, we will take requests from the floor. So uh, 6.30 tonight at the church. Uh, ladies Bible study at 1.20 on Monday. Congregational meeting, as you heard, is going to be a Tuesday at 7.30. I'd encourage you to come out for that prayer meeting, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, 7.30 to 9.30. Youth is going to be at Dawson and Bethany's house, so uh, remember that. And then next Sunday is communion, uh, so uh, make sure to get your heart in place for that. Uh, apart from that, June 5th, uh, that is, seems like a long way away, but it's May 1st today, so that's not too far from now. But June 5th at 2 p.m., uh, there is going to be a gospel music afternoon to uh, remember George Rogers. There has been attempts to put together a memorial for George for a number of years now, but COVID kept getting in the way, and now, finally, we get to send him, uh, give him the kickoff that we wanted to. So, June 5th, 2 p.m., uh, remember that one. I'll be announcing it over the weeks to come. All right, this is also June 5th, so sorry about a scheduling conflict, but... Uh, YFC is planning to put on a motorcycle rally. We're calling it the uh, annual redemption ride. And so, yeah, I have some details here. There's going to be more information coming out. Uh, yeah, June 5th is when it's happening. There's going to be a registration at 1230 uh, in Portage at the Avenue Honda Polaris dealership. And if you want to ride, registration costs will be $75 as a minimum and then we encourage riders to uh, look for sponsors to raise funds on top of that and then there's going to be a wind-up uh, after party in Gladstone at 5:30 at the co-op home center parking lot and everyone is welcome you don't have to be a rider you can just show up and there'll be a barbecue supper and I think there's going to be music as well so it'll just be a good community event and the funds that are all raised are going to go towards YFC programs as well as uh, the Redemption Moto program that we have, which uh, involves uh, working with youth on motorcycles that are like MPI write-offs. And so it's a good learning experience for lots of youth, and you get to spend a lot of time with them and build into them and share the gospel with them. So that's been a great program. And, yeah, more info can be found by asking me or Henry or Emily who uh, serve on the board, or you can go on to Portage YFC's website. Thanks. And what are those for us that don't have a motorcycle but can make very good motorcycle noises and can run? I suspect no place. <laughs> but uh, make sure to keep an eye out. I remember when it was here uh, three years ago, that was a really good afternoon, so that'll be a good time. All right. Moving on to prayer items then. Uh, the first is, as we likely all know, COVID has been coming through our community pretty quick as of late. Uh, so let us pray for those that are affected as well uh, as those that will be. Pray for health, uh, that it will not hit anyone too terribly hard. Uh, let's pray for the congregational meeting coming up. As we discuss those important items that Jeff outlined, uh, they will impact how our church operates over the months to come, and so uh, that is something that we want to pray God's wisdom for. 
Uh, the next one, let's play for the floodwaters. I don't know about all of you, but I am going to go home to at least a centimeter in my basement. Well, it's an old house. There's cracks in the foundation. That's just how it goes. But uh, since uh, I put this out, uh, besides Morris being under a state of emergency, I know Winnipeg Beach is. I know Morden is under a foot of water right now. So there is plenty of places for us to keep in our minds as we pray for the floods. We are very thankful that the rains have stopped now. And we also pray that they will absorb enough that when they come again next weekend, by the looks of it, that it will not cause the same thing. Uh, Students and teachers, we're moving into the last bit of the year now, uh, the last bit of the school year, so we want to keep them in our prayers. We also want to pray for our university and college students who are now beginning to receive their grades, if not have received them all already, that those go well. And finally, uh, you might have seen from your emails, but Evelyn Thiessen passed away last night. And so we want to keep uh, her family in our prayers as well. The funeral is going to be later this week, so keep uh, them in your prayers as the days go by. All right. Please bow with me in a word of prayer. Our God, we come before you first off in thanksgiving. God, we thank you that after these long years of wanting to go home, Evelyn is now with you. Lord, we pray, though, for her family that she has left behind. God, we pray for them as they plan the funeral to come. We pray that all of the ducks will fall into a row and that it'll be a wonderful time of remembering her. But God, we thank you that she is home with you. And God, as we are thanking you, we also want to continue thanking you for other things that come to our mind as well. Lord, we want to thank you for the students and for the teachers and for the university and college students that are in our congregations and that are close to all of us. God, we pray for them now as we go first into the last bit of the school year. We pray that that will go well. We pray that it'll be a quick run. And we also want to pray for our college and university students as they come home, that they find a job for the summer that they are looking for that will treat them well and also that the grades that they are soon to receive are exactly what it is that they were hoping for. God, we thank you for each of them. And God, we want to pray also for the things that are concerning us right now. Lord, we want to pray for how COVID is going through our community so rapidly once again. Lord, we pray for health. Lord, we pray for each of the people that are getting it, that have gotten it, and that unfortunately will get it. God, we pray that it will be out of their system quick. We pray that it will not do any lasting damage. We pray that they will be right as rain soon. But Lord, we keep them close in our minds. And God, we also want to pray for these floods. Lord, we thank you so very much that largely McGregor has, other than a few wet basements, been spared from the worst of it. But God, we look to Morden, we look to Morris, we look to Winnipeg Beach, we look to a number of other places that are currently witnessing so much damage. 
And God, our heart goes out for them. And so, Lord, we pray that the damage will not be any worse than it is. And God, we pray that the cleanup will happen soon. But Lord, we pray that for our friends, for our family, for our neighbors that are in these places, we keep them in our minds and our prayers and do for them what we can. Lord, this we put before you. And God, finally, we want to pray for the upcoming congregational meeting. It is wonderful being able to come together as your church in these ways. God, we pray that as we discuss the items that are on the docket, that you will be there with us, that we will be able to know your wisdom as we go through these items that will impact how the church runs for the months to come. God, we pray, tap the people on the shoulders that are the ones that you want in the positions that are open. And for the conversation about Kids Club, Lord, we pray, bless it. Lord, all of these things we bring before you this morning. We love you. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles on you, Luke 24, 28 to 35. And there uh, we read, As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Luke 24, 28 to 35. This story falls at the end of the block of scripture that we call the road to Emmaus. Uh, in it, uh, you see these two disciples who were part of Jesus' larger group of followers. They aren't part of the now 11 apostles, but they're going home because the Passover festival uh, that had them in Jerusalem in the first place is done. It seems that they were present in Jerusalem during the crucifixion, and understandably, they are very distraught because of that. But we also know that they had been in Jerusalem that very morning because the women who had seen the empty tomb, uh, the empty tomb, there we go, uh, they had been in contact with them. And so as these two disciples trudged along home, uh, they were both very distraught, but also they were very puzzled by the news that they had heard that morning. And as they walked, a man came to walk alongside them, a man who they did not recognize. But for us reading this, Luke lets us in on a really big secret because this stranger is none other than Jesus who is risen from the grave. And as they walk, the three of them begin to talk about all that has happened, to which Jesus, being Jesus, as the miles went by, he reveals to these two disciples of his all the ways that in his life is death and now resurrection. He was the fulfillment of the scriptures. And now, through what he has done, the new creation has begun to arrive. Now through what he has done, the kingdom of heaven, of which he spoke so very often, is beginning to be built 
in earnest. Now salvation and redemption are possible because of what he has done. And as they walked and Jesus talked, the two disciples grew ever more amazed at what they were hearing. But yet they never quite came to recognize the stranger with them, who he was. They had likely followed him for years at this point, but they just couldn't picture who he was. The cross was blinding them a bit too much. This is the situation as the three men finally come after a long, dusty day on the road to Emmaus, where a passage begins, where the two disciples share a home together. Be they family, master and servant, friends, confirmed bachelors, we don't know. But as Jesus, we are told, then looks to go on, these two disciples beg him, beg, beg this stranger to stay with them for the night. As we have journeyed with Jesus through the book of Luke these past few months, there have been a number of examples of hospitality that have been integral to Christ's life and mission. These examples actually begin before he was even born, from what just I have preached on since we started the Come and See series with the rest of the EMC back in December. There is... Mary, finding out she's pregnant, going to stay with Elizabeth for a while. There's Jesus' birth, where his family is given a place to stay, even though there was no room for them in the inn. There was Levi, the tax collector. When he first came to follow Jesus, what's he do? He throws a rager of a party. There is the story of the alabaster jar, where a woman anoints Jesus with a perfume of great expense in the home of some Pharisees who had Jesus over sharing a meal with him. There is the story of Jesus sending out the 70 to lodge with people that they come across if they would have them in order so that they can spread the news of what Jesus Christ is doing across the land. And there's also the parable in which we see neighbors being hospitable to visitors even at unfortunate times of day, hospitable by sharing their food, welcoming them in in the night. And that list doesn't even count the two biggest stories of sharing your daily bread that you find in the gospel, both of which we'll get to in just a bit. This list only scratches the surface of the examples of when being hospitable played a central point in Christ's life and his ministry. There is a great importance placed on extending hospitality, on sharing what you have with others, of welcoming them in, of just sharing a meal. There is a great importance placed on that as you go through the Gospels, and especially the Gospel of Luke. And so we should not be surprised that once again, as we see these two offer their hospitality to their Lord, who they still don't recognize, that Jesus immediately accepts it. And our passage continues. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, 
Were not our hearts burning within us when we talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Love that wording, open the scriptures to us. But I love to picture this scene, this moment for myself. Everyone's at that table ready to eat, and suddenly it's who is it that's spreading the food around? It's the stranger who serves everyone else. I don't think that anyone would have gotten too up in arms about that, but you invite this person that you only just met into your home, who you have been walking with all day, who you have learned these great and amazing things from. You invite him into your home to share with him what you have, and then as you sit down, what does he do? He, he proceeds to, instead of waiting for you to share your food with him, he shares the food with you. Somehow through sharing of this daily bread, these two disciples have been given. The Lord himself shares himself with them. For it's here in this moment when Jesus took that bread and then breaks it, that the disciples' eyes are open to just who it is that they have received into their home. There are two instances that come readily to mind of when Jesus broke bread to serve those gathered with him. Although, assumedly, it was a daily occurrence with those that were with him on the road. The first is at the feeding of the 5,000 in Luke 9. In that story, many had come to hear our Lord speak, though the place that they were, we are told in Luke 9, was remote. As the day went on, hunger began to take root in the crowd, and a hungry crowd is not a crowd you really want to be at the head of. And so the call goes out for food, but after searching and searching, nothing can be found save a few loaves and some fish, not nearly enough to feed 5,000 people. But then our Lord then took that food, and he blessed it, and he broke it, And the disciples handed it out, and somehow from that meager amount, all are filled. Somehow from just giving that small amount of food to the Lord, a multitude were able to go on to continue learning at the feet of our Lord. The second big encounter where Jesus breaks bread in the gospel, that comes only a few short days before this. When gathered in a room on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the apostles sat together with him at the Passover Seder. It is unlikely that these two disciples were there, but very likely that they have heard about that because we know that the followers of Christ gathered together after the crucifixion because it's that group that the women shared the incredible news of the empty tomb with. During that meal, though, Jesus we are told, took the bread and he broke it. This is my body broken for you, he says. And take it and eat it and remember me. At that time, the apostles didn't know just what our Lord was saying, that so very soon his body would be broken for them. Nor at that time did the apostles know that in eating that bread, they were participating in the first ever communion meal. Something that we join in together with the apostles and our Lord 
to this very day across the world in the church. These are the two big examples of when Christ broke bread for those that were gathered with him. And now we see him do it again. Jesus seated, taking the bread from the table before his hosts even have the opportunity to share their hospitality with their visitor who had walked with them that day for so very long. And as Jesus does this thing, as the disciples hear that bread break, they see that crust tear, and they smell that fresh crumb. Immediately we are told that their eyes are opened, and they recognize. There is recognition of the one who broke bread to feed the thousands, though given nearly nothing to do it in order that those people gathered could learn at the feet of the Son of God. There's recognition of the one who broke bread to foretell his own death, but in doing so gave his followers until the end of time a way to join together with their Lord in holy communion. There's recognition of the one whom they had seen die but with whom nevertheless, now that they had spent the day walking together as friends, whom they had now welcomed into their home for the night and whom they now sat down with to share a meal, as our Lord broke the bread, the eyes of the disciples we read are opened. And what they saw firsthand was that Christ was alive. And as this dawning comes, Jesus disappears. And immediately the two disciples talk through their encounter with the risen Lord about how the scriptures had been opened to them. Our passage concludes... They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. In the story of the road to Emmaus, we learn that walking, it takes a couple hours up to a day to walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus, but a couple hours. The sun was beginning to get dull when they arrived. We can gather that because they asked Jesus to spend the night with them. The disciples, very likely, had been in Jerusalem for the last number of days to see that our Lord, uh, to be with our Lord and observe the Passover. So the likelihood was that the bread that was in their house, if there was any, would be moldy and rock hard after that amount of time. And so chances are they had to start a fire. Chances are they had to make dough. Chances are they had to make new bread. Which means that by the time Christ left them, almost certainly it was really late. And yet, Despite the dangers of the darkness, and there is dangers in the darkness back in those days, that's when robbers came out, that's when wild animals that like to eat came out. 
Despite all that, they set out to tell the apostles what they had seen. They arrive a couple hours later before the eleven, who undoubtedly were just the same as they were as our story of the road to Emmaus begins, sadly sulking at the death of their Lord, yet also puzzling over the empty tomb. And immediately the two disciples corroborate what the women had said earlier that day. Jesus is risen. They had seen him. This was firsthand. These two disciples had recognized our Lord while sharing the same kind of hospitality the life of ministry of Christ was known for, and they were sharing it with him. And the story of Luke, when the women go to the empty tomb, they are met there by the angels who tell them the good news that Christ is risen. It's right at the beginning of Luke 24. Jesus himself does not meet them there in the book of Luke. Instead, it is in this story, in the road to Emmaus, when our risen Lord is first encountered. And what that means is that it was in this act of hospitality, this sharing of food, in Christ's breaking of the bread, where for the very first time, it was known beyond a shadow of a doubt that the resurrection had happened. That salvation for all of fallen creation through our Lord Jesus had arrived. And that's fitting, because there is something in the sharing of food that is just, it's easier to find the love and caring of Jesus Christ clearly there. There's something in being hospitable, just as Christ taught us to be, where God makes himself known clearly in a way that is almost unique to it. Give us this day our daily bread. We say at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, every time we cite it, in the hopes that when we eat and we drink what we need to get by, we recognize the God's love for us because of what we have. And so when we share our daily bread given to us by the Lord, then with other people, through us is God not providing the daily bread that those people need. Is he not, through us, showing his love and care to those people that we show our love and care with in turn? It's fitting that the first time in the book of Luke that people know our Lord is risen firsthand, encounter him with wide-eyed recognition. It's because of a shared meal. It's because of an act of hospitality. It's because of bread broken together. It's fitting for the same reason that all these years later we still encounter our Lord every time we hold communion. It's fitting for the same reason that after the crowds were fed, they sat down and they listened and learned at the foot of our Lord. Because in acts of hospitality, 
in the sharing of a meal, in the breaking of bread together, even if we don't think of it in these terms, we are showing people that they are worth our time. And because of that, we are showing them the love of God. We are showing them that just as we know that Christ cares for us and our well-being because he gives us our daily bread, we care for the person that we are sharing our hospitality with and we care for their well-being enough to do the same. If we are unwilling to show our love for others, then why would we ever think that others would be able to see the love of our Lord through us? If we're unwilling to show care for others, then why would we ever think others would be able to see the care of our Lord for them through us? Which is to say, we are unwilling to be hospitable to others then why would we ever think that others would be able to see our Lord who is known for his hospitality through us? It's fitting that the first time that our risen Lord is recognized, it's because of an act of hospitality and a shared meal and broken bread. It's fitting because in that moment the disciples demonstrated what Christ had long been teaching them, how we should live towards others, and they demonstrated it clearly. And as a result, they came face to face with God. And that brings us to our assignment for today. And heads up, this is an obvious one. Over the past number of months, we've been going through our series entitled, Come and see with the rest of the EMC. It is a series in which we have been striving to encounter, to see Jesus in new ways. Well, today we have arrived at the very first story in which people encounter who our Lord is in full detail. It is in the story of the road to Emmaus that the disciples know that Jesus is the risen Son of God, and they come to that realization over the breaking of bread. We want encounters with our Lord, both for ourselves and for those around us. This is a pretty good place to invest our efforts with acts of hospitality by sharing a simple meal with believers and non-believers alike, by sharing the daily bread that people need to get by from our stores given us by God to theirs. There are a few better ways to show someone that you love and care for them, and in turn that God loves and cares for them, than with simple hospitality. So as to my assignment for you, Going forward, try to make a habit of being hospitable. This will look different for all of us. Some of us have that gift. And as I look out, I can see a great number of you have that gift. Have that ability to invite others into your home day on day and not get winded by it in the slightest. But for others, it's a bigger deal that needs to be worked up to. 
but it is important. As you can, show hospitality to those around you. Work on it. Begin to show the love and caring of Christ to those around you in this way. And don't be surprised when through it, both you and the people you are sharing that with come to see our Lord more clearly than they did before. Or if they didn't see him at all before, just clearly. This might seem simple. It may seem like it is not really doing anything to build Christ's kingdom, but now after all of these weeks in the series on Come and See, I hope that you can see just how central this actually is to Christ's ministry. How central to the big moments of encountering our Lord, something as simple as sharing a meal and some time together can actually be. It might not seem like a big deal, but even think out over the past three years of lockdowns, how often it would have been wonderful to have someone there. So that's my assignment for you. Work to develop a habit of sharing your hospitality with those who need most to see the love and care of our Lord, be they saved or not. This week, if you feel confident that you're not about to spread the plague, ask someone over. Take them out for coffee and lunch, or if someone you know just needs a place to crash, a couch. It may seem commonplace. But trust me when I say that it is through the commonplace, more than the big intellectual arguments and the common living of things out that the world will be able to see that our Lord has come. Amen.
So once again, 6.30 tonight, a hymn sing, come with your favorite ones, and oh, I hope to see you there. Now as for our benediction, you can turn to the book of Numbers. May God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and bring you peace. Go now and serve our God.